Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 328B, the second episode for the week, where we will now discuss our thoughts on the Apple TV Plus film Ghosted with Chris Evans and Anna DeArmas. With you for that discussion, Grayson Maxwell and guest host Katrina Peed. Say say hi, Katrina. Hi. For the episode discussing... Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, including the whole box office breakdown, what streaming, and trailer talk. Check out episode 328A posted on Tuesday 5-2. Well, Katrina, thank you for joining me this evening. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, Katrina is also... She's working with me on the same movie in Atlanta. We actually share an office. So uh, she... I know Roger and Chris weren't available to record this episode, so graciously Katrina uh, offered to step in and record. So I'm very grateful, Katrina. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm nervous. We, don't be nervous. We've had a few discussions. <laughs> we've had a few discussions in the office, you and me, about movies. Nothing too in depth, but um, this will be a chance for us to really over the next, <laughs> over the next thirty minutes really kind of hash out a movie. Okay. But, um, it's no secret uh, where I stand on this. So what I don't know is where you stand. So what I'm, I'm what you you have watched Ghosted and you are ready to rock and roll. Yes, I, I have. All right, yeah. So let's jump into it now. As tradition dictates on this show, we start with Rotten Tomato scores. Now these don't really they're not really measurable in any way. It's just kind of a weird barometer to see where you sit with critics and with audiences. And to Tomato Meter, which is the critics, 27%. 27. Yeah. I don't know if you're up to date on what Rotten Tomatoes means. Yeah, I mean, like the, the there's the critics and the audience, right? Yes, but that means 27% thought it was above average. It was above a 5. Or or 27% liked it more than they disliked it. And okay. for the audience score, 59%. Quite a bit higher, but that's... I think that's to be expected. We're so far deep in the Netflix um, era now and the way they do things. But what that means is, of course, 59% of people gave it a positive score instead of a negative score. So it's not really yeah. that great of a barometer. Um, it's not really measurable in any way. Just kind of a very vague kind of a net to cast just to see where you sit. I like mm-hmm. to compare what I, um, where I, what I usually stand on these things. Yeah, so. I, how where do you stand compared to both of those? I'm I'm more in line with the critics. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 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 much I'm I'm a little lower than the critics, but I I, okay. I have my reasons. I, I have my reasons. Where do you sit? Yeah, um, I think I'm between the critics and the audience, but yeah, probably dead center between them. All right. Well, I'm very curious to hear your talking points on this one. So now. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Let's talk about Ghosted, and let's get some particulars out of the way. So Ghosted is, it's an Apple TV Plus, it's an, it's an Apple film, which means there's, there's, there's a fair bit of production value behind it, a, a, a huge dollar amount, uh, very impressive. Um, the cast, of course, again, huge cast, Anna Darmus, got she got top billing over Chris Evans, I find that, I find that weird. Oh. I like Chris, that though. Well, I mean, yes. I will tell you why I think that 
is weird, but that's coming up in the episode. So okay. Anna Darmus, Chris Evans, Adrian Brody, Mike Woe, Amy Sedaris, Tim Blake Nelson, Tate Donovan, Lizzie Broadway, Marwan Mar sorry, Marwan Kanzari, with a couple of guest appearances by some very notable actors that anyone most people would probably recognize from a number of movies and or Marvel films. So it's it's good. It's a nice little some of these guys have um, nice little Easter eggs. Directed by Dexter Fletcher, and I bring that up for for one reason. Okay. Because I don't know I don't, anything else. Well, I, I'll, I, I got you. Give me, give me one second. Dexter, <laughs> Dexter Fletcher. Now, if you remember the 2019 movie Rocket Man with Taron Edgerton. Uh-huh. What did you think of that movie? That's, is that the Elton John movie? That is. I loved that movie. Yeah, as did I. I watched I really, it like two years after it was popular, but yeah. I loved Rocket Man as well. I thought it was one of the better movies of that year, and Dexter Fletcher mm-hmm. did it. Oh. Uh, he he also did Eddie the Eagle. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's a lot of fun. And he made Ghosted. So he's made two ends of the spectrum as far as I'm concerned, good and bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I, and I bring up the whole Netflix thing. I don't know how in-depth you are with Netflix, but... Netflix, I think, tends to throw a ton of money at things, and writing being the least important of the aspects. They have, a, they always have an incredible production value. They have a good cast. That's never the issue. Yeah, and not always, Netflix, but yeah. And most Netflix <laughs> movies are pretty abysmal these days. Uh, we've talked about a few lately that really suck. But what, what about what's your experience with Netflix? Yeah. So Netflix, I think, has like a solid range, and I think it's like they have some movies and films that I've loved and some that I don't, but cause to me, I feel like they're not only like you always talk about how they're kind of like replacing movie theaters, but I feel like they're also replacing like TV movies. So like some of them, I expect it like the Hallmark quality, no offense, Hallmark, but um, like, I know what I'm getting when I go watch princess switch three, you know? No, of, of course. Of course. <laughs> Versus, I don't know. The, That's accurate. Yeah, the year of the dog or whatever. Yeah. But oh, yes. That well, that's the thing is they have a power of the dog. What was it? The I think it was the power of the dog with the yeah Cumberbuck. Yes. I think they have uh, they they do put their attention to one or two movies a year. I think they they really go all out with and that's and then they they usually are recognized for the for Oscar season. So that's they got that yeah. going for them. But shout I, out to Tick Boom. Yeah, yeah. And you work <laughs> on Tick Tick Boom. Yes, and it's one of my favorite movies actually. Tick Tick Boom is I, I remember loving that movie. I thought Andrew Garfield was a very impressive force in Tick Tick Boom that year. I, I was really yes. kind of all about Tick Tick Boom. So um so going into Ghosted now. I have a I, question for you. Of course. About the like Netflix phenomenon with Ghost or whatever. So I have not watched all of Apple's content, but they have a lot less, right? But have they had anything? be not great yet or is this their first kind of miss because like are they do you think they're moving towards the netflix thing where it's going to be quantity over quality well see what i don't know is the whole where ghost had started what it was originally and what it was always meant to be that the, that that i don't know and i don't want to get in the weeds about that but okay. i know i know ghosted is it premiered on apple so i'm going to assume it's, yeah. an, it's an apple original and it was made it was always made with that intent uh, which is, yeah. I think it can be a little weird because uh, one of my 
a movie I really love, uh, Last Flag Flying, is is one in Pittsburgh that a okay. lot of my friend, a lot of my friends worked on. That was an Amazon Studios movie. It uh-huh. didn't. It didn't. I don't think that debuted on Amazon. And Air, a movie that's as it's been out recently about Michael Michael Jordan the in the Air Jordan shoe. That's an Amazon yeah. Studios. That's an Amazon Studios movie, but it's it didn't. It it premiered in theaters. So yeah. I th- I think it can get a little and more than just like the obligatory week because a lot of times they do like one week just for awards. Yeah, or like the the, 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 air's been there a while. Yeah, like the the fourteen day run that they have to do in Los Angeles or or New York just to get it, you know, just so it's eligible to be nominated. Yeah, it's nice in New York. We can see everything. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, you yeah New York, the land of uh, many movie options. Yes. Okay, so yeah, but like I think Amazon also it's like kind of between Apple and Netflix and like the quantity level. Like, did you ever watch The Dressmaker with is it Kate Winslet and Liam Hemsworth? I didn't, but I've you're not the first person to mention that to it's me. Actually, so good, but we randomly found it on Amazon, I think, and that's an Amazon original. But that being said, like, there's some Amazon originals too that are like, mm, well, but that's kind of a waste you're... of money. I think you have range. All, all of the stu- all of the frame. All sorry. All of the streaming studios all have a range. You know, they have bad, they have great. But yeah, App- Apple, I think, is one of the better ones. The, the, the content they give us is always pretty good. The, the, the shows are excellent. Usually, I don't. I only watch Ted Lasso. I don't watch the morning show. But I know a lot of people love the morning show, and their movies. Yeah, are I watched always, the first season. The movies are usually always of a pretty high quality. This is the first yeah. time I've been disappointed in Apple. I I, I got to say, even. Even Greyhound with Tom Hanks, I, I was more okay with because it was Tom Hanks and it was still a World War II mm-hmm. film. And even though it was bad, like I still got those things. This, I don't feel like I got Chris Evans. I don't feel like I got Anna DeArmas at their best. I don't feel like I got any kind of acting range for them. I, I felt cheated. And that's why I was excited for this movie because I was like, how can it be bad? Chris Evans and Anna DeArmas are two of the best actors in their age group, like bar none. Yeah. And right now, too. That's what I'm saying. And they've been in movies together. They've been in uh, – they were in Knives Out together. They were in The Gray Man together. Uh, I thought, you know – I forgot she was in there. It's, it's funny because the one thing that they lack in this movie like, is chemistry. And they've been together on screen several times. You'd think they'd have nailed that by now. You'd think they would have had yeah. that, that secret recipe unlocked. But it just – well, that's my I first they've ne- But they've never played love interest. Well, do they do, – do, do you have to? No, but I mean, it's not like you can say they had the chemistry and lost it. But yeah, it's weird. They're not strangers. I mean, her wig would take me out of it. But the, I don't know. It was, it was the frustrating part of that was like, I he's in one of my all-time favorite rom-coms, What's Your Number? And so like seeing this compared to that, I was just like, uh. and then like at the end, are we allowed to talk about the end? Well, in, in. In vagities, yes. If you're if you're, if you're trying to make a reference point, okay. So like, there's like an action sequence, and she's in a black dress, and I just kept thinking this was better in James Bond because she basically had the same scene but much cooler. Well, everything is better. This is better. It was just so parallel, though. You don't well, know, like I mean, like there were just those little moments for the two of them where I was like, oh, I almost. It was distracting that it was them because I was just thinking about times they did them better. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, they've always been better. I'm. A, I, I'm. I never thought I'd see these two just phone in because it just seems like they. It didn't. This was nowhere near the the caliber that they're that they have given us in the past. Both of these actors. I just. I'm very disappointed. It. 
Apple didn't treat this with a, with a lot of care. And I just, and I, and I know you haven't listened to many episodes, but one of the greatest sins a, uh, a movie can do, Roger and Chris always point out, is waste your time. It's one thing. <laughs> to be, I'm serious. Like it's one thing to be a bad movie, but as long as you know, there's a difference between a bad movie that's got care behind it and a bad movie that just sucks. And they they didn't like the the writing's terrible. They didn't bother to 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 fix the plot holes. They didn't even bother to yeah re- re- rewrite scenes so they made sense with the rest of the movie. If, it just that's yeah. the worst kind. It feels like it came out during the writer's strike. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it feels like it they could have benefited it out. from some edits. I think, like, it, I couldn't. That was my my biggest issue with it was like the tone. Like, if it had tried, if it had been more consistently satirical or more consistently goofy, I kind of bought into it more. But then it got it took itself too seriously sometimes, and then it would go absurd. And like, I don't know, like the bad guy, bad guy, too hard. I like that's what I told my mom, but. No, he was you're, just... you're not wrong, especially with the the jokes. Kind of the 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 whole thing with him always calling Chris Evans the tax man. Like, yeah, it, just, it got old fast. Although I did, I did like Adrian Brody as the villain. I don't. He was, I think, was my favorite was my favorite part of the movie. To be honest. With oh, you. interesting. Oh no, he was probably my least favorite. I liked him at parts, but the, he was just annoying. I just, I don't know. Well, this whole movie's annoying because it doesn't. Yeah. the The only way a guy like Cole, Chris Evans' character, moves through this universe is be by everyone else being bad at what they do. They would have just yeah. After they realized he wasn't the tax man, someone would have just shot him, and they'd have just they'd have just buried him in a in a very shallow ditch, and that that, that would have been it. That would have been the end of Cole. Yeah, or he would have at least lost a suitcase. Like, come on. But then, like. I, I don't know. Like the there was a thing in the middle that he pulled off this crazy action thing, and it just yeah. I was like, how? See, now you're starting to see through the 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 very thin veil of these. No, I I, I didn't really enjoy. I I was on my computer the whole time I was watching it. But I mean, fair probably something you don't want to admit <laughs> on a show like this, but that's okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I was like I was originally supposed to watch it with my dad because the way you described it, I was like, oh, my dad would like it. But he had like a very minor surgery that day. But he's a man child, so he was like, I can't do anything. So my mom watched it with me, who doesn't really like movies. And I'm kind of glad because my dad would have hated it and my mom loved it. My grandma came up halfway from downstairs and she was like, oh, um, I watched this already. I loved it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, A, how did my grandma know about a new movie on Apple TV? And two, like, oh, she loved it. So I think like you're just like the opposite of the audience for this, Grayson. I I'm not cool. Maybe I'll give you that. Maybe because I, some of the stuff you said makes sense, but but the way I'm, it was promoted, I wouldn't have thought that that was the audience. Goes for. Well, but I'm the guy who buys into anything, so I am the audience. I'm the audience for every yeah. single movie ever made. I buy and I I like everything. So that's that's the whole thing. Is I put my personal 37 year old man aside, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm into it. I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. I mean, I'm I'm very yeah. excited to watch. Are you there, God? Is me, Margaret? I'm really excited to get into that. Heck season. yes. Yeah. Um, so no, let's start. But my mom couldn't stop laughing at Ryan Reynolds' thing. Oh well, see. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Well, Ryan Reynolds is in there for a few minutes to make you laugh because Ryan Reynolds is good at making you laugh. That's the whole thing with him and talking yeah. about how he got his, how he got you know his, his uh, his. He became an active flow. listener. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he got then he got shot in the ear. He's like, I can't even listen anymore. And then he just fades <laughs> out. Gone. Yeah. So let's start. Let's start in the beginning. Okay. As as the title would suggest ghosted it's a bit this is originally starts two people meet each other 
Chris Evans and Armis playing Cole and Sadie meet each other. They have a they have this weird little meet cute where they have a kind of a sexual tension, which if you ask me, there's zero sexual in the in the tension. <laughs> it's, it's just awkward tension. He but couldn't have, even tell. Well, that's a, well, he they he had to be told. It's how they portray his character that gets me so upset here is he's smart enough to to pick up on the signals that she's sending that a she is, she's not going to she's going to kill this whatever she buys plant wise she's going to kill. So he's mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm, I'm not going to sell you this plant. Like first of all as a writer one character telling another I'm I'm not going to sell you this plant because you're going to kill it. That is pure rom-com stuff. 100% pure rom-com stuff anyone that's selling plants at a farmer's market they don't care they don't care why you're buying it they just want your money they need your money to survive yeah that's the whole thing there is it's just it's a weird kind of scene set up for me and then they have a great night where you know Mm -hmm. they end up they end up hooking up you know he of course as very rom-com you know pg-13 fashion falls in love and then texts her, and then we waste a lot of time with him. He's not receiving any texts back, but he sent a ton of texts and a ton of emojis. And mm-hmm. then he is ghosted because he just couldn't stop texting. And and I'm, I'm glad you're on this episode, Katrina, because your <laughs> the female perspective <laughs> is one that we don't often get on the show. Oh, so, great. And I'd like to ask you, if you had a magical romantic evening with a guy, and then he followed it up with you know, tons of texts and tons of emojis. What would you do to that guy? Um, so it's like, well, I'm probably like a freak case because I would be like, Oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. Cause I would just be like, I'd love the attention and like the texting. Um, but that being said, like if I was hurt, I was on a business trip and then I came in and they'd all come in like unresponded to. Yeah, no, that'd be like a big shutdown. Okay. Red flag. I if that makes sense. But like if I was responding, I'd be like, ah! but um, no, but it's one of those things where I feel like if you like, like them, it's okay. And if you don't like them, it's horrendous. I, I, I agree. Um, I think in his, in the way his like family was encouraging him, it was so creepy and he's supposed to be like old. Oh, Cole is. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's a, they're painting him as a guy with a heart of gold who just hasn't had the best of luck with girls. But he's, you know, he's ready for a serious, nice, you know, that's how they're painting him. Yeah. And so, and so he just gets the bright idea that to go to Europe and follow this girl on her business venture, (laughs) which. (laughs) Cause he found her location. Yeah. Which is so creepy. It's incredible how creepy that is, but just show up. And then she turns out to be an international spy and she's doing all this badass stuff and then he gets caught up in it and then they have to work together to solve, you know, they don't want to, it's, it's kind of a, a rom-com meets a buddy cop. I mean, there's a, yeah. like, it's, it's, a, it's a to, to me, this movie is a rom-com meets a buddy cop meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, Brad Pitt That's exactly John. what my mom said, but it's, it's, it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a masterpiece compared to this thing. So again, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the, the all the magic, whatever magic they were trying to capture by doing, by emulating some of these ideas, they just completely missed the point of, and didn't they emulated all these ideas but capitalized on none of them, and that's part of the reason I don't like this movie. I'm really well, I should rephrase. Part of the reason I'm upset with this movie is I like every movie I watch, whether I want to give it a high score or not. That's a different thing, but it's 
it's unfor- it's an unforgivable thing to have a setup like this, have the caliber of acting you, you do and do nothing with it. Why, why are you, why are you wasting my time with this? Yeah. They just wanted to trigger everyone's by panic. I, th- I mean, sure. <laughs> is, is, is that a new millennial term or is that a new Gen Z? Or I don't, I don't know if it's new. I am a millennial and proud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an argument we have frequently. Um, but no, it's just like when people like, are like, oh my God, and they get scared that they're bi because they're attracted to two people of different sexes at the exact same time. It's like um, in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is like another popular one. Anyway, I, mean, I don't know. It, I probably well, shouldn't be educating a, people on... Well, to a, to a lesser extent, sure. To a much lesser extent. Yeah, but but the Pirates of the Caribbean works because it's well-written and the dialogue... Oh, the- I'm... I'm just talking about the attractive people, like oh. Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley sharing a screen. I'm not trying to compare this movie to Pirates of the Caribbean. It would not uh, well, stand I mean, a chance. That's that's the that's what I don't. I mean, let's just call them recent events. I don't think quite understand is. I mean, people pay to watch beautiful people. Yeah, they're, they're not gonna half the half the battle of getting people into the theater these days. I feel is. I mean, Michael Bay figured that out a long time ago, and his movies sell where very well because he always has. He always has the same body type girl, and at many points in the movie, she's wearing almost nothing. And that look, I mean, as a purely as a purely producer point of view, that brings in the money. So, I mean, you got to do it. But yeah, no one's gonna people watch this movie because Chris Evans and Armas. I'm, I'm willing to bet at least fifty percent of the people that watch this movie because they think one of those people is hot. <laughs> oh I mean, yeah, let's, well- let's be honest here. Yeah, well, and, the, and like you said earlier, like they're hot. Not just, I mean, they're obviously physically hot, but like, like their careers are hot right now. Like, there's really few things that they do that I don't like. So that's why it was like doubly disappointing to have it be this. Well, that's why I was, I, I must have been taken aback a little bit. I, I'm, I'm happy to see Anna Armas get a billing over Chris Evans. I don't think she's a better actress. I don't think she's a better actor than Chris Evans. Although I think she's, she's more in the hot spot right now than Chris Evans is. Yeah, I think it's like her moment. And when I said I was excited, because I think, is it, who was it? Was it Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn that did all those movies together? I think uh, it was, yeah. N- not a single movie was, uh, did he allow her to have top billing. Well, so again, that was every time it happens now, I'm going to be ecstatic and over the moon. Well, of course. And the, the, bigger, the bigger actor should get top billing, regardless of who it is. Or anything like that. I mean, fair is fair. I mean, you got You should always give top billing to. But Hollywood, you know, is slow to get there if it ever does. It's Hollywood's very slow to change. But so mm-hmm. here's that's the, the basic premise of the movie is it's it's kind of it's supposed to be this cute little thing that two people, you know, they they go through an adventure together and they come out the other side and of course they end up madly in love. And I hope that's not a spoiler to anyone. If you couldn't see that coming, then there are bigger issues at play, but that was also cringe though. Like the insta loveness of it all, not to go into book tropes, but you mean the end of it? Yeah. Because they're zero they to a hundred. They did a really good job of, of keeping these two apart. Like for a, almost the majority of the movie, she really didn't want to have anything to do with him and vice versa. After he learned of this is a betrayal and I'm mad and I'm, you know, all the jokes aside, they were both kind yeah. of, done with each other but had to stay together so they didn't die so let's talk about this is i mean we live in the era now where we love we love these movies where you have you know john wick type people jason borns you have charlie Theron from 
Atomic Blonde. You 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 have all these wonderful assassins, both male and female, kicking ass. They have their own story, doing their own thing. I don't feel like Anna de Arm, how they how the movie portrayed Sadie. I don't think I ever bought Anna de Armas as this Sadie, this international spy that is a, a, a force of nature to be reckoned with with bad guys. I never bought that. Did did did, did you buy? Did yeah. you buy into that? No, not really. I mean, like, kind of, because I think she's a badass. But no, now that you say that, like, my we've talked about my favorite show used to be Alias, and like Sydney Bristow, she is not Killing Eve, one of my favorite shows. She's not a villain out. Like, she just doesn't have that umph. I wouldn't be scared if I was alone in an alleyway. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I agree with you. Part of the reason I brought it up, I agree with you. I also don't think I. I'm. Cole just again. I said it before. The only the only reason Cole survived this movie is because the bad guys were terrible at being bad guys. You know they, they yeah. Played, you know they they wanted to come off as these menacing. And if you look at me wrong, I'll kill you. But a guy like Cole survives the whole movie. I I can't give you any. And he's he's not. Cole was never. He he is. Sometimes in the movie, he had the ability to be very physical and hand-to-hand with these assassins that – why did he have that ability? Oh, because he wrestled in high school. But that I forgot trend. about that. No, I know, but I was – his. that was the whole thing with his dad. He could be like, GW, he wrestled in high school. I was like, how on earth did he have hand-to-hand combat as a writer-turned-farmer-turned-writer? That's just one of those questions that you never you're, – you're not supposed to ask. Yeah. That's the whole thing is – how he's able to just go head, go hand to hand, even for a few minutes with these yeah. in the final act with these assassins in that in that floating restaurant thingy they were in and wherever they were. That, it's just I did think that was cool. Well, that, um, that, does, yeah. that does exist, by the way. That that's a real thing. Oh yeah, I've, there's one here in Atlanta of rotating restaurant. There is. There's yes, two there in is. Atlanta. Are there really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta yeah. Check that out. Yeah. It's fun. There, so it, look, if there if if there's no chemistry between between um, Cole and Sadie and the, can, can the movie really be a success if there's no, if there's no, you know, a fiery love connection between these two, then the movie by itself already is kind of on the back foot because yeah. if, if they can't sell you this, then what, how, what else are they not going to sell you? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, like, the obstacles in the relationship, like, weren't strong. It wasn't good enough because, like, they go from, like, I kind of believed at the beginning up to, like, their one-night stand. And then, like, at the end, obviously, they're, like, obsessed with each other. But the middle, like, I just, they went to, like, hating each other so fast, like, or resenting the situation to then just, like, being in love. And they didn't have enough, like quality banter because then even every time like you thought they'd have a good quip they would then overkill it and have like three more lines and i was like oh if you just cut that sooner it would have been like funnier and flirtier i think well, instead of over explaining it i don't know mov- movies have done that but they've done it with better they've, they've they've done it by setting it up sooner you know what i mean like they don't actually start liking each other until the very end or the 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 ex machina wave is she's always been into him, but she wasn't into Cole. I, I she was very distant and very cold to him. Now mainly because she probably just wanted to go home and didn't want him to get hurt. Maybe, but the movie didn't do a didn't do a good enough job convincing me of that. So now I just think she's cold and didn't like him. So the, you know there, there's there's no 
I'm not asking the question. Well, in that scene, I think she was kind of coming on to him. Like, no, nope, not till the very end. Did that? Did, did, was there a hint of romance between the two? Yeah, and like there was like a little, but like it wasn't. And then I, I almost just wish they hadn't gone to like straight to like being madly in love. Like I wish it had just like ended with them being interested in each other and dating because it would have been less jarring. Instead of <laughs> you do crazy things for the people you love. But it's again. That's why I think that Apple was dipping their toe into the Netflix way of doing things. I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned the whole re- replacing. I don't think it's replacing movie theaters. I think movies like this are trying, and they absolutely want to. And people be beware if this silly scenario does happen where AMC tomorrow announces they're done by the end of the year. Enjoy movies until the until. December 31st and then they're gone once that happens these streaming services are going to quadruple they're going to skyrocket in price like they're going to go up it's going to be hundreds of dollars a month for one of these streaming services because they know what you paid for movies and then they, and they know if you're watching you know 20 movies a month then well that's $200 so you'll pay $200 right like that's I'm telling you people once that happens streaming services you have to pick one that you can afford and that's it so because these services are very greedy Anyways, yeah, but no one to... besides you is going to 20 movies a month. Well, right. But, but, but I, I think they're also the replacing like TV movies, you know, not just movies. No, you movies. well, TV movies. Do, to me, do TV movies It's the cord exist? cutting. But do TV movies even exist anymore outside of Hallmark? I mean, yeah, but not now it's mostly on the streamers. But yeah, yeah Lifetime used to make them like ABC Family or slash Freeform, Disney Channel, um, now they're doing like the live stuff on the networks, but yeah, I think some of them. I still love a freeform do. movie. I think some of them still do. I just it's it, it's it's more rare and far and far between. But I mean, Hallmark still yeah. does, and Hallmark has a massive yeah. following. So yeah, and Lifetime, and there's a few other like Hallmark esque channels. So whatever I mean, whatever whatever insults you wanna when you want to hurl at Hallmark, they're, they're trust me when I say they're laughing all the way to the bank every week. So they have a, oh, they're yeah. fine. They're, they have like they're four fine. different streaming services too. Yeah. That's the whole thing is they're fine. But it, as far as this movie's concerned, I find it lazy. I find it un, uninspired. I mean, I find it just a travesty that they didn't do more with what they had. What it comes down to is there's, there's just not a whole lot. So what did you like about yeah. ghost? Let, let me ask you what you liked about ghosted. I liked that I watched it with my mom. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I liked the cast and like the adventure of it, I guess. But it just like I'll never watch it again. Uh, I thought it was fun, but I don't know. Like, I'd rather watch like I don't. I'm not gonna like, sit here and list movies that did it better, but you know what I mean. Well, no, but I mean that's also kind of telling in its own way is you're never going to watch it again. No. Yeah. Like fool's gold. I'd probably watch again. You know, and I, Sahara. I know you and I discussed it. A, a, a movie that I thought did this way better. Mr. Right. <gasps> oh my gosh. I love that movie with Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick, oddly enough on Netflix, but that was back when they cared when Netflix cared about movies. Wait, was that yeah, it, actually that? Might I don't think it. Netflix. I don't think it was Netflix. I watched it on Netflix, but I don't think it was a okay. Netflix original. Okay, yeah, but, I think correct. I don't think it was a Netflix original. But and like that's actually a good one because like also tonally that one was weird, but it worked. It was absurd and goofy, 
and too serious sometimes, but like it all just worked. And then this one, I was like, cringe. This one was just cringy. Yeah, most of the time it didn't work. The movie didn't know the the the, the tone shifted and ghosted so many times that. You can't tell me that two characters are in mortal danger and then a fight scene pops up and you have 80s punk music playing, pop punk music. You just can't do that. I'm sorry. I Then I'm not worried about Cole dying because he's not going to die. I have no I have no fear that Cole's going to not Well, I feel like that's kind that. of intentional because it wasn't like that serious. But then they had like full-blown like fighting. It wasn't like funny fighting. Well, they did, but they also had – there were attempts to – serious this movie up a few times some conversations that weren't that weren't you know lighthearted conversations stuff like that they they did attempt at a few times yeah really kind of be more dramatic but i don't think it ever worked once i saw amy sedaris on the imdb i should have known it was a comedy (laughs) that's what i'm sure a lot of people have shared that opinion too yeah sebastian uh, stan was great yeah, Sebastian Stan and uh, he might Anthony, actually he was my favorite part and Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, yeah, it was great, and I hope it means something to you. But um, Anna Darmus's character was supposed to be Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, and then so we you'd you'd have Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, four Avengers. <laughs> so a nice little reunion. Yeah, and oh, that scene. And John Cho plays a John Cho plays another assassin that is was supposed to be I re, I think I read Paul Rudd, so that would have been five uh, Avengers like five Avengers in, in one, one quick little scene like that was a fun I thought that was well done that I like little that scene. scene I like that yeah. scene a lot it was funny it was quick and it was like it got to the point and they had a couple callbacks but like. That was one solid. of the. That was one of the better scenes. That was one of the more creative scenes in the movie, though. That's why it's one of the better ones. It's it it demanded creativity, and for that few moments, yeah. there there was creativity on the screen, and I I guess I appreciated that because that's one of the few times I thought, that, you know what, this movie doesn't suck so bad anymore. And then after you get past that point, yeah, okay, it's it's back to work. yeah. You you get on like a school bus. I guess that was before that, but still, <laughs> the um, yeah. Oh wait, that would have been cool though. Like with Scarlett Johansson and she. I think Chris Evans have been like friends like since they were little. So they've been. I'm sure there would have been more chemistry. They were. I I know that at least they were in the perfect score together. They were. I maybe one or two others. Maybe Push. Although I don't know if that was Scarlett. I don't remember who was in Push, but I think there was at least another one in there somewhere that Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans were together as well. But um. Oh yeah. Yeah, but Anna Darmus was a a fine replacement for Scarlett Johansson. A fine nothing lost with Anna Darmus. Um, No. but, I wonder if Ryan Reynolds would have done it if Carlton Johansson was in it, though. Maybe. I don't know how all that... Oh, Ryan Reynolds, he's... De- I mean, another Marvel guy. I mean, Deadpool's a Marvel yeah. character, so there would have been six Marvel characters. Yeah. Um, six big Marvel characters. Um, but I ultimately... Uh, this is the time. This is this is the shorter episode for the week, so we'll move to score. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll start us off. And I, I'm usually pretty generous to movies, I feel. I mean... It's no secret I gave Top Gun Maverick a ten. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm usually I'm usually pretty taken by movies that have some kind of emotion or some kind of emotional center. This one doesn't, and when for me when the opposite happens, I really tank. And this one to me, I I'm going to give it a one point five out of ten, and only the oh. point and only point five because uh, because Chris Evans and Ed Armas are beautiful people, and at least they had that. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, but otherwise, the movie failed on many different fronts, and it just didn't use what it had, what it could have used. So, I give it a one point yeah. five out of ten. You saw that uh, critic rating, and we're like, let me cut it in half. Um, no, that, it was I, always, it was always. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Be, between a one and a two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was originally when I came into this thought I was going to say five, but I'm going to go four. Now, you have any? You have any specific? What? What bump? What bumped it down from a five to a four? When you asked me what I liked about it, and I couldn't think of anything. There you go. We'll see. That's that's telling. <laughs> I mean, that's like yeah. That's, that's authentic, genuine. You know, telling. What? Well, maybe I didn't like this movie as much as I thought. Yeah. I so. Yes, yeah. but. Uh, not, but I like that being said, there are people in my family who I'm going to suggest it to. Well, of, of course. My Hallmark I, family. They're going to love it. I always say that a bad score doesn't mean you can't enjoy a movie. It just means there are a lot of other movies you should watch. If you're looking for quality, this this is not your movie. But if you're looking for just sit down on the couch and have a good a good 90 minutes, why not? You know, you'll, yeah. you'll get some enjoyment out of it. You'll laugh a few times. Chris, Chris Evans is – he's funny with the quips. And Armis is, you know, also funny with quips sometimes. And you'll get some laughs out of it. But I don't yeah. imagine – Well, and like my great aunts who don't like violence and like – I think to them this would be like a risque movie. There you go. You know, and so well, yeah. Then I mean, yeah, I don't have any problem with people liking it. I just, for my own edification, have to give it one point five out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grayson right. scale. The Grayson's. That's right. That's right. It's usually pretty generous, but when it's not, it's not. All right, Katrina. Thank you for joining me to fill in on this episode. I really appreciate that. This has been oh. episode three three hundred and twenty eight B of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at five a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five: Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. Do you have a Twitter handle you want to plug? Oh, can I do an Instagram? Absolutely. At bck.reads. You s- spell that for the good people out there. B as in ball, C as in ca- uh, cat, K as in Katrina, dot reads like you're reading a book in the present tense. There you go. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun to check out your Instagram. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. What do you have? What, what, what's, what should people look for when they go on that one? Oh, that's just where I, we post, post book recommendations and book oh. reviews. Oh, that's right. You're in a book club. Like, I am. Like, I'm in multiple book clubs. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Okay. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Check us out on YouTube. So have a presence there. And send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Evil Dead Rise and Pan and Wendy on Disney+. Plus.